It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Canada, the NBA title is yours. We're going to the first of the Hail Mary 3 by Mo Get that garbage out of here. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 784 of Locked On Raptors for the Monday, I guess. Who knows what days are anymore? Monday, September the 14th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always at WoodleySean. You can find the show as always at Locked On Raptors. And you can find links to every single episode of the podcast over there. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKDOWN. You're going to get 10 bucks off your next order. More on Built Bar a little bit later on. Also, just a reminder, make sure you're checking out all the Locked On Podcast Network stuff we got going on. If you're a basketball fan, obviously the conference finals are set to start soon. Once our beloved Denver Nuggets take down the LA Clippers go listen to locked on nuggets today to get the reaction to game six uh, and also on the NFL side of things well obviously week one is in the books now it's dubious it's gross but all the NFL hosts are wonderful and smart and covering their teams uh, expertly on a local daily basis and on Sunday actually the hour before kickoff we are, do have a new live show as well with Brian Peacock and Ross Jackson that you should definitely check out on all of the live streaming services that locked on provides YouTube Twitter, all that stuff. So that is enough business off the top. Let's get to it on today's show. Very glad to be joined by the godfather of Raptors blogs. You know him from The Athletic and also his wonderful work on the Columbia House Party podcast, part of the Stringer Podcast Network, a sister podcast of uh, basketball, which of course you can hear me on on Thursdays. It is Blake Murphy and he is here to tee up the offseason that looms for the Raptors. Blake, how are you, man? All right, man. How are you? I'm good. Happy to be talking to you. It feels like it's been a while since we had you on. I always feel weird inviting you because you're so famous now. You feel like you're punching down. So thank you for punching down. It's much appreciated. I am not famous by any stretch. uh, (laughs) I don't think you can get Raptors Twitter famous. I don't think that's a thing. Uh, I beg to differ or I disagree or whatever the in disagreement comment is there. But what, either way, very glad to have you. It's lovely. Uh, <laughs> and the offseason is, I mean, you made point of it in your sort of primer for the offseason today at The Athletic, which people should go check out. There's a promo right now, I believe, for like a buck 25 to get an athletic subscription. So go do that. Do what Blake's work for him on the podcast. Um, <laughs> you did a primer of sort of the big important dates and decisions and things that loom for the Raptors this offseason. And you made note of your love of spreadsheets and spreadsheet season and all that stuff. And I'm 
frankly, I'm glad for you that spreadsheet season now lines up with autumn, which is another one of your favorite seasons listed in that piece. Uh, it's kind of a, a double dipping for you. So that's great. And you're the perfect person to have on to kind of tee up an off season that looms. So this is going to be a two part episode. We are going to dive into first sort of philosophy of the off season, where the Raptors should go. Do they run it back? Do they tear things down? Do they do something in the middle? We'll get into that. And then in the second part, we're going to dive into the three big names of free agency, Marcus Gasol, Serge Ibaka, and Fred Van Vliet. But Blake, let's start there with the philosophy side of things. I think, you know, in the wake of a tough playoff loss, you often get some overreactions as to what the team should do going forward. Um, I'm guessing you don't think the Raptors should trade Pascal Siakam this offseason. I think trade would be too good a fate for Pascal Siakam. I think they should use the stretch provision on his max extension and just spread that bad boy out over nine years and get him out of here. No, I, uh, I think he's, he's going to be mostly fine and you continue moving forward. I, th- I think it's important to keep in mind, like this, this is giving um, him too much leash, but the, if you're still at an extreme with him, uh, his max extension doesn't kick in until next season. So if you're like, well, he didn't live up to the number one role or his max extension, well, he's not supposed to yet. Yeah. Absolutely. It's uh, it's a process. Development is nonlinear. And especially when the last step of development for a guy entails him taking over for maybe the best player in the world and having to live up to that standard while also kind of learning things on the fly. Best player uh, in the world. He didn't take over for Jamal Murray. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> good good point. Yeah. The third best player behind Murray and Jokic. You're, you're correct. Um, so let's sort of just sort of take a big view of the off season here it's not like previous off seasons there seems a little bit more kind of uncertainty i guess there was uncertainty last year with you know the 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 fate of kyle and things like that and there was talk of maybe trading him after the deadline and obviously the Kawhi thing threw a wrench into everything but it still felt like they were going to give that team a chance to run it back at least and take at least until the trade deadline to see how things went and as it turned out they were extremely freaking good and they went through the deadline didn't make any detracting moves and went to the playoffs and lost value only in seven games Going into next season, I feel like probably the post-championship glow wears off a little bit. I still am of the mind that I don't really care, and I'm cool just kind of having a couple fun seasons. I'm always in favor of fun, competitive seasons. But in terms of running it back, do you think that's an option for the team? You know, Do they look at Surge, and we'll get into Surge and Mark more specifically, but they look at those guys and say, let's see if we can get them back on short deals, kind of keep our, our flexibility for 2021 and just bring back the same crew that just had one of the most fun seasons, if not the most fun seasons in Raptors history. Or is there a bit of a pivot point here now that that post championship glow is wearing off a little bit? I think it's run it back a Jace. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, uh, you know, the longer term flexibility is still going to rule the day. And I, and I know, we joke a lot or, or half joke a lot about Giannis, but the 2021 free agent class is also uh, pretty good in general. And flexibility in and of itself is not like a goal. Like you don't, you don't get points for, for flexibility, but uh, it's helpful and you, you don't want to get kind of locked in anywhere. So I think as they approach the off season, that's going to be something that they keep in mind. You don't really want to run into a situation where you're paying a first and a second to get rid of Damari Carroll and giving away Corey Joseph uh, mm-hmm. to make your other moves happen. And um, so, yeah, I think, and, and I think the thing to keep in mind too, with the run it back discussion is that it's not, it's not just about the fun side, right? Like the Raptors have been pretty clear under Masai Ujiri that, 
they value staying good um, for things like building kind of your what I call organizational equity, which is you know how how highly do people view your organization and your franchise? Um, I think they put a high value on it for player development when you see how much how improved a lot of their young guys came back this year and Nick Nurse consistently credits, well, they just went through a finals round and that's two months of extra basketball and it's extra basketball in like the highest value situations possible. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think the third thing is that what the Kawhi Leonard season showed is like how many times did people want the Raptors to jump off the treadmill in the years before that? And what staying good lets you do is stay close to being great if the landscape changes or a player pops or someone unexpectedly hits the trade market. So I think when you weigh all of those things and you recognize the fact that you probably couldn't get bad enough quickly enough to really bottom out unless like everyone left and you traded Kyle Lowry too. Um, so I think, I think when you balance all of those things together, what makes the most sense is um, you keep an eye on 2021 flexibility, but you do what you can to uh, keep, you know, to sustain this and make sure that next year's another competitive one where uh, Siakam, Van Bleed, Ananobi, whoever else are getting valuable learning reps in a winning environment and in a playoff scenario um, under the leadership of a Lowry or an Ibaka or a Gasol and things like that. So I think all of those things together push me toward uh you know, there's going to be more stability than less. And I, and I actually wonder if like league wide, because we're operating in a pandemic and the off season won't line up with the European off season. And we don't know if there'll be a G league and things like that. Mm-hmm. If league wide, there's just going to be like a slight premium on familiarity and continuity uh, because everything is so weird, but that's kind of a, a secondary factor here. Yeah. Well said I'm with you. And I think with the Raptors and sort of the idea that there's a lot of value in staying good and, you know, making second rounds until you can kind of strike while the iron's hot. And that's not to say they're going to find another Kawhi Leonard trade out there. That's very hard to do. And like kind of a once in a lifetime situation that presented itself, but you don't put yourself in that conversation. If you don't have very good players on hand to potentially include in deals, you don't have, you know, the, you don't, become front of mind for a free agent if you are a perennial sort of bottom feeder and also at the point you made tanking to the bottom in the eastern conference is far more difficult than it will be in the western conference next year where basically it kind of seems seems like that's that's what the thunder are doing a little bit where they realize hey every team is trying to win next year the warriors are back the wolves just traded for d'angelo russell they probably won't be good but like they're gonna try the suns are apparently a monster uh, juggernaut that is uh, about to take over the league and we can probably get to 14 or 15 quite easily that's not the case when you have the knicks and the bulls and the wizards and the you know half of the conference being absolute dog shit in the east and so yeah i think it's likely they try to run it back something like what we saw this year we'll get more into some of the off-season decisions as it relates to that in just a second but first i want to tell people about roman look talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy usually we'll push it off or brush it away blame ourselves saying things like a lost my mojo or we avoid it altogether with excuses like 
like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it with real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your own home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you free with two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is also very easy. Go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there is Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Again, go to Roman.com slash LockedOnNBA today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA. GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Blake. So in terms of the running it back of the team while also keeping flexibility, there are a couple of guys that kind of stand out as being kind of linchpins in that whole thing. Um, I want to talk about Kyle Lowry for a second because, look, (laughs) you're never going to convince me that trading Kyle Lowry is a good thing to do. I think it would be a bad thing to do. You have young players on the team. He is obviously entrenched in the organization at this point. Trading him away after the season he just had would feel a little bit ghoulish, kind of like it would have been to trade him away after the championship run, which again was a conversation last summer after Kawhi Leonard left. He is going into the final year of his contract, and I can't envision them giving him another $30 million to stick around in 2021-22 when he's going to be 36 years old and they have designs on landing a big free agent fish. And so that gets into the conversation of, well, do you kind of capitalize now while his value is extremely high? Maybe a team out there really wants Chris Paul and they miss out or can't make it work, and Kyle Lowry becomes a second option. Do you think there is a universe in which Kyle Lowry is traded this offseason in the interest of kind of looking ahead to 2021 and beyond? I hope you're saying no, because uh, that would suck. And I, again, keeping things good and keeping guys allowed around long term and building that organizational equity is very good in my estimation. But what's your read on that situation? I mean, I think there's a universe, but it's a universe that's even worse than somehow than the one we're currently living in. <laughs> um, uh, no, I think like, look, I, I don't think short of Kyle Lowry or Kyle Lowry's agent coming to the Raptors and being like, hey, this is there's this situation out there. And I would appreciate if you could help facilitate it. Like, I, I do think the Raptors would listen on something like that. Um, but to hear Lowry talk after game seven, it sure seems like he enjoyed the season and you know, being in the leadership role as the young guys come along. Damn good. If I'm another team around the league, I would love Kyle Lowry on a one-year deal that keeps my books clean for 2021 and gives me a, you know, a guy who is probably still a top 20 player this year. Um, Even as he turns 35, I think Lowry would be an attractive asset. Um, Where you're going to get complications is, well, one, there's obviously the – he means so much to the franchise and yes, if if someone offered you like a young star on draft picks, you don't have any choice, but to do it with where you are as a franchise. But Mm -hmm. realistically, a lot of these deals are probably going to be, 
you know, not overwhelming ones. And if that's the case, you really do have to weigh how much he means to the franchise and um, the fact that he means so much to fans and to the culture and as a leader and things like that. So I don't, and then there's the, probably the biggest complicating factor, which uh, just to like, because I talked about feelings for a second to go back to being a robot, um, <laughs> making the cat math work on a deal for a guy making $30 million without taking on any money that messes up your 2021 books would be really hard logistically. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what teams out there have that many expiring contracts that could still make an attractive trade offer once you add them all up. So uh, for all those reasons, I would lean against it. And then there's also the factor of, I think, uh, people like you and other parts of Raptors Twitter would burn Scotiabank Arena down. <laughs> You're damn right. Uh, and you make the point that a guy on an expiring contract is good as Larry, a top 20 player who, you know, who comes off the books and maintains flexibility for 2021 is valuable to other teams. It's also valuable to the Raptors as well yeah. for all those exact same reasons. And I, I think the real deterrent, as you mentioned, is going to be that money that you're almost certainly going to have to take on beyond this year, unless you're finding some other expiring big ass contracts. It more so feels like that's like what a team like the Sixers tries to do to get off of Tobias Harris or something like that. And I just don't think that, you know, interests the Raptors whatsoever, considering their very, very telegraphed intentions for 2021. So I'm with you there. I, I think the other guy that is sort of interesting in all this is OG Ananobi because, you know, obviously you're not getting rid of him. You're, you're keeping him around. He's very good and young, but it does sort of create an interesting circumstance where he's up for an extension this summer, but you have 2021 summer and cap space to worry about. And, you know, I guess you don't really ever have to worry too much about losing a guy in RFA. If you don't want to lose him, you can just match it. But is there, like, how did, how do they play this, this off season with OG? Because, you know, you could very easily just extend him right now, or do you want another year to see if the sort of signs he showed this year are going to continue, considering he kind of had a lost year development-wise, so it's still a little bit unclear as to what his ceiling might be? Or do you, yeah, like, just, I, I'm not really offering an either-or here. Like, what's the yeah. plan with OG? I'm a bad podcast host, get over it. Um, but what, what do you think their approach should be with him as it pertains to the extension? I'm very torn on this. So if you go back a year... I was not against a Siakam max extension, but I just, I didn't see the need to get it done. Like if you're going to give him the max anyway, um, there's no harm in waiting and getting that extra year of information with guys below the max. It gets a little more complicated. So one, the first big thing to consider is 2021 free agency. If, Ananobi is a restricted free agent. He'll have a cap hold around 11 and a half million. I don't have the number in front of me. So what a cap hold is for anyone who doesn't know is when your guys are free agents, uh, they count as an artificial charge on your books so that you can't go out and sign Giannis and then re-sign Ananobi for uh, like, you know, for like you can't, sorry, you can't go out and sign Giannis with Ananobi counting as zero because he's a free agent and then re-sign Ananobi Uh, So what happens is that these guys have what's called a cap hold and it's like an artificial charge that limits your salary cap flexibility. So Ananobi will count on the books as a restricted free agent as something around 11 and a half million with that number. Even if we assume Van Vliet gets say 18 million, you can find your way to max cap space. The trade-off with that 
is one, there's like, there's all the reasons that they wanted to get the Siakam deal done in terms of like, just letting the guy know you value him and getting that cost certainty and, you know, not having a guy worrying about free agency. There's, there's a, there are a lot of like non-basketball, non-cap reasons to get a deal done. But the big one, the big question here is, can you get him on a deal that saves you enough um, versus what he'd get in restricted free agency to make losing that flexibility worthwhile? So let's use that 11.5 million number. If you can get Ananobi for 12.5 million a year, say he's willing to sign for four years, 50 million on extension, that's a no brainer. You lose a million dollars in cap flexibility in 2021 and you get him on a deal that he's almost definitely going to deliver on Mm -hmm. uh, and will be cheaper than what he would get in restricted free agency in a year when a lot of teams will probably have cap space. Where it gets tougher is, you know, if you think Ananobi's really going to take a jump this year offensively, you know, what is the number he could get in restricted free agency? Is it 20 million? Is it 18 million? Is it 15 million? Um, So you have to weigh what his eventual salary will be versus his cap hold in terms of how much cap your flex your cap flexibility you're sacrificing. And then also like, can you beat the market for Ananobi where you, you know, the benefit of guys being extension eligible is in theory, you can sign them before they get to like, like maybe Ananobi right now looks like a $12 million player. And maybe at this time next year, he looks like a $20 million player. So if you can lock in that discount earlier, that's very valuable. So if you can't tell by how rambly I'm being, I'm very <laughs> torn on the 2021 cap flexibility trade-off with getting Ananobi inked on a deal that I think might end. Like, I think you have a better chance of signing him. Like, I think if you sign him to an extension, it's going to be cheaper than if you let him hit RFA because I think he's going to be very good this coming season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the difficult thing is, does OG bet on himself too, right? I mean, he plays with Fred Van Vliet. He might just do that if he knows he's in line for another year where he can develop, maybe get more of a central role in the offense. Why would he sign something, you know, beyond the sort of general, you know, security and all that stuff? This is a guy who's had a knee injury in the past. Maybe he values just locking something in right now. But Alternatively, maybe you offer him anything and he's like, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> That is certainly a possibility. Very interesting one there. We're going to continue this conversation and continue to look ahead to some of the philosophical conundrums facing the Raptors in the offseason. But first, I want to tell everybody about Built Bar, which is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's so freaking good. And they have new and improved flavors for you as well, including six brand new flavors just hit the line. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, sia, that's a pun, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp that joins their original lineup of 12 flavors which includes some of my favorites like peanut butter banana bread and mint brownie also toffee almond the number one flavor overall it is a consensus i think or it is in my brain at least bars are covered in 100 chocolate soft and easy to chew as well and they're also great for the health conscious person you can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat bars are low calorie low sugar high protein high fiber and they're great for keto diets as well in terms of flavors you've got coconut almond for example 18 grams of protein 180 calories five grams of sugar five grams of net carbs the cherry bar sia one of the new flavors has 17 grams of protein 130 calories 
four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. And they just taste good. They're like a, basically the Mars bar consistency. They're not like a gritty cliff bar or anything like that. And they're much healthier than a cliff bar as well. Seven times less sugar to be exact. With a purchase right now, Built Bar as well, you're going to get a free cooler, but only while supplies last. So make sure you're getting over to BuiltBar.com right now and using the promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get 10 bucks off your next order in addition to that free cooler while supplies last. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 10 bucks off at BuiltBar.com. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Blake. So another thing that you mentioned in your piece for The Athletic today, sort of outlining the different dates and, pin, and important moments in the offseason for the Raptors, is the Nick Nurse, Masai Ujiri, Bobby Webster thing. The, all of those guys have contracts that end at the end of 2021. Obviously, Masai has been a subject of a lot of conversation when it comes to jumping ship. The Knicks have Leon Rose right now. Maybe by 2021, he is also fired because the Knicks remain terrible and that thing kicks back up. But with that sort of rumor mill kind of silent for now, it seems a little bit calmer on, on, on the sort of Masai talk, and there seems to be less worry that he might jump ship at the end of his contract. I'm just kind of curious, what's your read on the situation with Nurse? I'm assuming after winning Coach of the Year, he's going to get a pretty fat extension after being, I believe, the lowest paid head coach in the league over his first two years. Uh, that might be wrong, but I think that was the case when he was first signed. And then you have you know, Bobby Webster, who's constantly trying to be poached by other teams. You've got Masai. You know, what's the sort of situation with those guys? And is that priority number one, even over, say, a Fred Van Vliet or Serge Ibaka or whatever the big you know, player personnel decisions might be? Yeah, I think it has to be the top priority because I think it it flows into all those other things where, you know, may, maybe this doesn't come up with Ibaka and Gasol because you're talking possible one-year deals with them or whatever. But, like, if you're Van Vliet and you're looking at four-year offers from a couple different teams, well, one of the biggest weapons you have is the Raptors is, like, look, you know we're going to be competitive. Like, look at what we've built here and what we're building – And then if he counters that with, well, I don't know if you guys are all going to be here past next year, Mm -hmm. that's a tough point of negotiation. And and like, if you have designs on 2021 stuff, like you obviously need to get all of that taken care of. Uh, So yeah, I'm, I would have that very high on my priority list. I would be surprised if those discussions haven't taken place at least like through intermediaries during the, the relaunch and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I would just like, it would be such a failure on the part of MLSE to not get those things done. Mm-hmm. And I realized that negotiating in a pandemic when you don't know what's going to happen with league revenues and stuff like that, I, I get that all of that is, it confuses things, but it's just like, like what they've built and what they're building revolves around those pieces too much. And like, like, yeah, you could survive losing one of them and trust that the people you've been building in the office can take on larger roles and stuff like that. It wouldn't be the end of the world, but you know, why give me the explanation for not getting the deals done with Masai, Bobby and and Nick nurse. Like Mm -hmm. the explanation is purely financial and, MLSE makes a lot of money 
So <laughs> Oh, do they? Yeah. So I don't uh I don't know. Yeah. I feel like it's you know, I'm not too worried about Nurse. I'm sure he'll get done. And honestly, it, it would feel weird to me that it's very clear that the last few years of the Raptors' existence and Masai Ujiri's work on the job has been geared toward 2021. And it would seem strange for him to dip right as that's about to happen. And like, it's all the stuff he's been building towards ever since he couldn't trade for Giannis in, in the draft in 2013. You know, it would be weird for him to just not see that through. And so I'm optimistic that like, there's at least want to on the side of Masai Bobby Webster and Nick Nurse of sticking around. It is, you know, I would be much less concerned about this if it weren't for the global pandemic and the financial losses suffered by those poor, poor billionaires. But I still feel like they'll probably get it done. And if they don't, yeah, that certainly throws off, I think, all of your plans for 2021 because what huge superstar free agent is looking at a team with a transition in, in the top positions and saying, Oh yeah, that's the place I definitely want to go. Unless you're getting Pat Riley in to throw some rings on the table, which obviously is not happening. You know, it just feels like all of the sort of wish casting for 2021 has been built around having those guys involved or at least Masai involved at the very least, maybe Bobby Webster gets poached for some job somewhere else. And that's great for him. I'm sure he would be the president of the team and uh, you know, running his own show, which I'm sure he's kind of uh, ready for it seems, but yeah, I, I feel okay about all of that. Um, Blake, last thing here, we sort of talk philosophy and sort of dreams for the offseason. Is there something out there that maybe we haven't talked about yet that you're looking at as sort of a, a big pivotal decision? Again, we're going to get into Fred, Serge, and Gasol uh, as the sort of specific cases in the next episode. But in terms of, you know, maybe even things that you just want to see done in terms of guys they target or whatever. I know it's a bad free agency class and that flexibility is also valuable, but any parting thoughts on the direction of the Raptors going into this offseason? Yeah, here's, here's the issue I've run into as I start looking at the free agent list. All the guys I like are defense first and the Raptors <laughs> absolutely need offensive shot creators. Like, like, of course I want Chris Dunn, but he is going to basically uh, <laughs> magnify strengths and magnify weaknesses. There's not, he's not solving uh, an issue for them. I, I do think, you know, shot creation needs to be a priority, whether that's in the draft where they have the 29 and 59 picks and there should be some, um, you know, if you, obviously you can't assume what other teams are going to do, but it looks like, you know, there should be some guards that are interesting available at 29 and some development wings at 59. Uh, hopefully there's a G League season to develop those guys through. Um, so, you know, that's, I, I would be looking at shot creation uh, with that first round pick, probably even if it means adding another guard. Um, I'd be looking at, at shot creation from uh, the forward positions in particular, if anything like that is on the free agent market. And then the one guy I've kind of, narrowed in on as like a Stanley Ronde kind of redraft candidate is like, I think Harry Giles could still be really good. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if like the Raptors won't have more than the mid-level to offer anyone. And I don't know if that's enough. And I don't know if they'd like, if they target a developmental center with that, like that aggressively. Um, I I'm still working my way through some of the free agent lists, but that's uh, you know, Chris Dunn's at the top of my list, even though he, fills no needs and just makes things worse on in the half court offense. Uh, but Giles is an interesting one. I, I've still got to go through some of the names. It, it's disappointing, honestly, because like usually at this time of the season, I would do my free agent targets list and there's like 
also G League and Euro guys mixed in, but like the European season starts is started. Yeah. Like none of those guys are available. You can't. You know, there's no bringing Jordan Lloyd back. <laughs> That's okay. They have Matt Thomas to grease the offense in his 35 minutes a game next year, right yes. next to Chris Dunn playing sort of a combo guard, and you just go super small one, two, three with Kyle at the one. It all makes sense. It'll work, and Terrence Davis will initiate as well. Maybe who knows if uh, he ever gets back into Nick Nurse's good graces. Um, in terms of little f- things that I'm hoping for, uh, I just don't trade the pick. I want to see a draft pick again. It's fun when they do that. And <laughs> it's been a long time since they've had a first rounder and, uh, use that pick on Xavier Tillman, as uh, we talked about a couple months ago on our draft preview. Yeah. Hey, with look, if, if they don't go guard, uh, Xavier Tillman's a, a very nice fit in terms of like skill set and just like general basketball philosophy, like, hey, get the smartest guy in the draft. Uh, Or I don't know if he's the smartest guy in the draft, but like the guy who is just consistently making smart and winning plays. uh, I wouldn't wouldn't be against that. Um, You know, I do think think I'd probably prioritize guard in that spot, all other things equal. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah, if Tillman slips to 29, whew. Who indeed, uh, Blake, this was wonderful. You're still stuck talking to me for another 25 minutes or so. So, uh, you know, you're not saying goodbye to me, but you are saying goodbye to today's listeners. Anything from today or tomorrow, you put out like four things a day. So you'll have new things to promote on the second part of this podcast, I'm sure. But do you have anything people should be checking out right now? Uh, just the regular stuff at the Athletic, cap breakdowns, uh, a lot of stuff coming. This week is kind of like set up the off-season week. So uh, Tuesday is my big cat annual cap primer, which unfortunately this year has to ha- just like make a ton of assumptions because we don't know what the hell's going on. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Wednesday, I'm going to be like taking a more specific look at kind of what we just talked about. And I'm sure we're going to talk in tomorrow's episode. Uh, what can you pay Fred Van Vliet and still have Giannis room? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, room for player X. Who knows? Maybe it's not Giannis. Uh, maybe it's Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> maybe it's uh, yeah. I'm going to make that joke on every podcast in existence and every radio hit this week. Um, but no, I, so it'll be mostly like this is a big set up the offseason week. And am I allowed to promote here? Yeah, promote whatever you want. Um, right now, so like right now to celebrate the Athletic hitting 1 million subscribers, new subscriptions are only $1.25 a month, which feels like a really good deal um i think it's a good deal anyway when it's full price especially if you're a fan of multiple teams and you get to read like our jays and uh leafs and jacksonville jaguars stuff also <laughs> but uh yeah i mean a dollar 25 a month what are you what are you spending that on like like the whole like oh it only costs you a cup of coffee it doesn't even cost you a cup of coffee yeah costs like, you uh... a sprinkled donut yeah, and why would you buy a sprinkled donut when you yeah. can buy uh, Blake's content for a buck yeah. twenty-five a month? It's worth it just for Blake alone. I know uh, there's a bias here because you're you're a pal, but uh, just go do it. It's it's very very good, and uh, you get many spreadsheets and also fun weird uh, music related pieces from Blake as well. So go check it all out. Um, obviously, you know where to find Blake by now. He's again a famous person on this here little podcast. So go check out Blake's stuff. Um, you can find me at Woodley Sean, of course. Subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's very much appreciated when you go ahead and do that. And also make sure you're checking out all the other Locked On Podcast Network shows. 
that pertain to your interests in terms of sports teams. Locked on Blue Jays, for example, with AJ Andrews is covering the wonderful Toronto Blue Jays as they are the best team in New York State and continue to be and are inching closer to the playoffs. So go check that out today. We'll be back again tomorrow with Blake once again to talk about Fred Van Vliet, Marcus Gasol, and Serge Ibaka and their free agency cases. Until then, have a good one. We'll talk to you on Tuesday with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.